Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to this podcast uh, on CTA of the SMA and Celiac uh, Axis, Non-Neoplastic Disease, and this is a talk I gave in Stanford. It's a slightly expanded version, as at Stanford we... Jeff Rubin gave me all of nine minutes, but uh, actually nine minutes and 30 seconds. I ran 30 seconds over, I think, but they were nice enough not to have their red light come on. Anyway, um, it's something we've spoken about in other uh, vodcasts, but I thought I'd bring you a little bit up to date with some of the literature and just some of our recent thinking. Article by Chen, unsuspected mesenteric arterial abnormalities may elude diagnosis when axial CT sections are interpreted without 3D renderings. And in that article, we concluded that in the era of isotropic data, perhaps a new standard of care will be to review all CT data in 3D mode to exclude any unsuspected vascular abnormalities. And especially with 3D rendering now available on PACs and on the web through thin clients, the lack of access, which is a typical complaint to 3D software, should be less of an issue. So let's go back to that initial statement. Unsuspected mesenteric disease may elude diagnosis when axial images are only looked at. Well, in this article we wrote, we found cases where 3D imaging showed positive findings and that the uh, axial images did not read those findings. The 3D was proven to be correct, and we were not talking about cases of anomalous vessels. We were talking about important pathology uh, and when you looked at the results in more detail, on a per-patient basis, basis, the axial and 3Ds were equivalent in a quarter of the cases. Axial CT partially agree with 3D CT in 10%, and no mesenteric arterial abnormality was reported on axial CT in 66%. The 3D CT findings were supported by imaging, surgery, clinical findings, or management in 49% of the cases. The mesenteric lesions identified on the 3D resulted in a change in patient management in 15% of the subjects. So it was not just we picked things up more frequently, it was really 27 cases, but the fact is that it had significant patient impact. So let's now take a look at that topic. Let's look at the mesenteric vasculature. And we've spoken about this before, that it's truly a guide to abdominal pathology. So we can look at a number of things. You can look at normal anatomy and variance, and we won't have time to focus on that. We can talk about tumor encasement, think about pancreatic cancer, think about lymphoma, but especially pancreatic cancer. But again, uh, in this series, we're going to try to stay away for the most part from tumor just in the interest of time. And you can look at things like atherosclerotic disease with vessel narrowing. You can look at the SMA syndrome. You can look at the median arcuate ligament syndrome. And you can look at mesenteric artery aneurysms. And that's kind of a good group. Now, if you want to look at the mesenteric vasculature with 3D, you need thin sections, isotropic data. 0.75 millimeter thick sections at 0.5 millimeter intervals works very nicely. Typically, arterial phase at about 25 seconds or so, and venous phase images at 60 seconds work well. Again, we talk about thin sections and isotropic resolution because if you're looking at the mesenteric vessels, you want to make certain that you're not getting partial averaging. We can look in tumors, and I'll just make a few points. You can see in this case of carcinoid tumor, you can see the desmoplastic reaction. You can see the partially calcified mass. But with volume rendering, what you nicely see is the relationship of tumor to bowel to vessels. When you look at Crohn's disease, same process. Now we're able to enhance the difference between the fat and bowel and vessels. So we're really able to accentuate, in this case, the diseased small bowel with the multiple areas of stenosis, the prominent vasorecta, findings that are all conclusive 
of active Crohn's disease. And you also see increased fat in the mesentery. And again, volume rendering and MIP both work very nicely in this regard. What you can see from the MIP image here is that MIP can show you sometimes smaller vessels. So both work well. MIP may be more helpful. So we talk about this uh, midline sagittal plane. And one of our concepts is that on every patient, even if you don't do 3D, at least look at some uh, sagittal images, which you can generate either interactively or have the text do them at the scanner. Because you will see, of course, mesenteric anatomy variations. The SMA and celiac can come from a common trunk, aberrant SMA, all sorts of variations, which are not typically important unless the patient's going to surgery, then it may be very important. And we could talk about arterial involvement by tumor. Pancreatic cancer is the best example, but I'll show you at least one case. Here's a large mesenteric mass, a coronal volume rendered view, nice encasement of the mesenteric vasculature on the arterial side. Uh, this is very good for a lymphoma, large mesenteric mass. Here it is sagittally. So I've shown you one tumor, and so tumor imaging, this is critical. Pancreatic cancer staging, this is critical. But beyond tumors, SMA syndrome, what is the SMA syndrome? Well, it's illustrated here. The angle between the SMA and the aorta is narrowed, and what you see compressed is the patient's left renal vein and the patient's duodenum. It's also known by other names, the CAST syndrome, because it was initially described in patients who had whole body casts. It's Wilkie syndrome. And how do we see it these days? Well, we can see it with uh, total body casting or weight loss, but that weight loss is very specific at times. We've seen a number of women and men with anorexia nervosa. Remember, you lose lots of weight very quickly. And those patients present with nausea and vomiting. You think it's an ulcer or gastric outlet obstruction, and it's really uh, SMA syndrome. Typically, the SMA to aorta is normally 45 degrees, while at SMA syndrome, it's well under 25. And typically, the SMA to aorta distance is about 10 to 20 millimeters, while in SMA syndrome, it's under 10. Some examples. Here's a great case. Looks like gastric outlet obstruction. The stomach is markedly distended with food and fluid, and the duodenum is also obstructed. Well, this patient was thought to have a gastric ulcer. But look again. Look what happens when you look at these other views. Look where the duodenum, third portion, comes between the aorta and SMA. Look how narrow it is. Look how short the distance is. Look at the coronal, how abrupt that cutoff is. And you can see it very, very nicely at the circled views and very, very nicely when you go from the coronal 3D display to the sagittal 3D display. That sagittal view, basically the SMA and the aorta basically touch. This is classic SMA syndrome. Another case, very much same history. Ends up both patients, prior one and this one, end up with anorexia nervosa. Stomach's distended, but look at the duodenum. Look how the duodenum is distended. But you can see it goes right up to the ligament, goes right up to the patient's SMA, nicely shown here, narrowing SMA to aorta, narrowing of that angle. This is, again, a classic case of SMA syndrome. No issue. Very important diagnosis, critical thing, aggressive management, particularly in patients with anorexia nervosa where their lives are at stake. Median awkward ligament. What happens there is the median occupant ligament can push right on the, uh, the patient's celiac axis. It can simulate celiac axis stenosis, which it in fact is, but it's due to a different cause. And what happens is, is you get a fish hook configuration, then you see post 
uh, ligament uh, dilatation, and you see dilatation of the patient's GDA as a collateral flow pathway off into the hepatic artery. So you look at it, here's just a wonderful example. These, there's the median awkward ligament. It's big, it's coming low, that J-shaped configuration of the patient's celiac. It's not stenosis. There's not a tumor there. Look at the arrows pointed to it. There it is, a very sharp angle, that J-shaped configuration. When you look at it beyond that sagittal plane, you begin to see, look how large the GDA is. You see multiple vessels on this MIP image around the pancreatic head. You begin thinking about obstruction. Could there be a pancreatic tumor? But you see lots of vessels and collaterals. That's just a wonderful example of median awkward ligament syndrome. And another case, here you see a patient with atherosclerotic changes in the patient's proximal SMA and celiac. But look how that celiac dilates. Look at that J-shaped configuration, postanotic dilatation, and a beautiful example of median awkward ligament syndrome on these grayscale images or on these volume rendered images. So again, a very defined entity. Some patients will need surgery. Some patients get severe abdominal pain. Uh, others will be relatively asymptomatic, but again, an important diagnosis. Another uh, big use of CT, of course, these days is looking at ischemic bowel, and there's no doubt looking at the sagittal view is ideal when looking at the mesenteric vessels. Whether you're looking at atherosclerotic change with narrowing or vessel occlusion, it is indeed ideal. It's an atherosclerotic disease, but it's also, of course, in tumor imaging. Here's a good example where you could see thrombus, we also look at thrombus not only in the arterial side, but of course in the venous side. Now here's um, thrombus in the patient's portal vein. It's important to recognize that we need to be careful when we look at thrombus. Sometimes in the axial images you can get confused, either under call or over call. And here I'm just showing you a good example. I want to focus on arterial, but let me show you this venous SMV for a second. Short segment, there it is very nicely. And you can see the relationship of SMV to SMA. It's kind of a, a little atypical. The SMV is to the left, but it shows you so nicely, again, looking at the 3D maps, how helpful things are. So taking that a step forward, look at SMA. SMA in this case, there's thrombus. Now, how much is partial averaging? How much is occlusion? Hard to kind of tell on axial imaging. You can be suspect that it's pretty significant, but the sagittal view really shows you like a 90% stenosis. Very easy to see. It also shows you that there's stenosis and there's occlusion. Then the vessel dilates out and is opacified. And then there's occlusion. And you can see there from the sagittal. You can see it from this coronal display as well. And you could see it on the 3D rendering. So two areas of disease, more proximal and more distal. Very, very nice example. And here it is, just looking at this patient, another example. Again, you look at this, the bowel's not dilated, bowel's not thickened, but look at the patient's sagittal view. There's occlusion of the SMA, there's narrowing of the celiac. This patient will invariably have problems. You're beginning to see some of the distal vessels being small. Again, very, very important signs. And this is so critical. Here's the MIP, coronal, sagittal. Easier to see on the sagittal. Easier to see the extent of occlusion. So again, very important to us. Now, just because you have occlusion of the SMA or significant narrowing doesn't mean you have ischemic bowel because collateralization through vessels like the GDA will often uh, you know, help you out, of course. You look at this case, another example. SMA occlusion proximally, 
Though more distally the vessel is seen, the patient's SMA is occluded, but the celiac is patent. Patient has an abdominal aortic aneurysm as well that has a stent in place. So again, it's not just any one vessel that allows you to make the diagnosis. You, of course, all know that. And I'm not going to be able to spend the time to go through everything about ischemic bowel. But again, making the point the sagittal view shows things best. Mesenteric artery aneurysms, often overlooked. Here's a simple case of a celiac aneurysm, very proximal in the vessel. There's also a small focal dissection there. It's easy to see on the axials, but better understood on the 3D volume or mipsagittal displays. Very nicely shown there. And then when you take it into other displays, here's a view from a cranial display looking down. You can see the focal dissection. You could see the focal aneurysm. Very nicely seen. Or in the second case, again, celiac artery is dilated. And on the 3D mapping, again, that sagittal view, very nice definition. Now, again, you could say, how do I know that's median arcuate ligament syndrome? How do I know it's not that? Well, you don't see the typical fish hook, and you have to look at the entire vessel, and you could tell the difference routinely. Another case, here's a great example. Uh, Non-contrast CT, you'd miss it, but look at the arterial phase. Hepatic artery aneurysm. Wow, that's easy to miss, and that's a big one. Can look like nodes, can simulate a pancreatic mass, can be easily overlooked. 3D imaging, here it's very easily seen, and this is just a coronal type of volume and MIP image. And here's even a larger aneurysm. Looked like a pseudocyst on non-contrast CT with rim calcification, but here on the axial images, and here it is on the 3D images, very, very impressive. So hepatic artery aneurysms, we speak about splenic artery aneurysms, but again, the entire tr mesenteric tree. Or in this patient with Lowy's Dietz syndrome, look at the size of that SMA aneurysm, and look at the SMA distal. You also see a right common iliac artery aneurysm. Patients with Lowy's Dietz, it's kind of a uh, relative of Marfan syndrome, they get mesenteric vessel ectasia and mesenteric vessel aneurysms. Another thing to look at, besides aneurysms, of course, is dissection. Here's celiac axis dissection. Easy to miss on axial imaging, can be an isolated, spontaneous process, easy to see on 3D imaging. You can have vessel occlusion. Uh, presentation, particularly for SMA dissection, in a case like this is postprandial pain, unexplained. These patients are treated with surgery or with stenting. Easy to miss. Look at the axial imaging. We have it perfectly, but very easy to miss. Patients present with symptoms suggesting pancreatitis or ischemic bowel or ulcer disease. Patient had no history of angiogram. There is a dissection. Most cases of SMA dissection or celiac dissection is due to patients with aortic aneurysms where dissection tracks into the vessel. Uh, but that's not always the case. When it's a large dissection, that's easy. It's when it's a simple, small focal SMA dissection, that's when it's easy to miss. Other things we can do, patients who are treated with stents, not uncommon these days. This view is kind of an off-axis, but you can see very nicely the sagittal view. You track along the lumen of the vessel, showing you that the vessel is patent. It's not going to work that well, of course, if you're doing a volume rendering because you'll see the stent, but it's hard to get a good view inside the stent. So curved planar reconstructions, off-axis reconstructions are indeed ideal. And just showing you one more case of aortic aneurysm with dissection, with dissection tracking far down into the SMA. Uh, and again, you can see very nicely sagittal view 
uh, going beyond the axial, showing you the dissection, showing its extent, showing you the flap going into celiac, but not going into SMA. And that's the uh, sagittal view, and here's the 3D volume view. So you could see from this case, you see the flap, you see the extension into the celiac, you see everything. And it just makes the point that you gotta look at those sagittal views. Whether it's a simple sagittal or it's with volume rendering and MIP, ideally look at everything, but at least do something. Concluding then, comprehensive evaluation of the abdomen requires analysis routinely of the abdominal mesenteric vasculature or you're gonna miss significant pathology. Analysis of the data in a sagittal MPR as well as with a 3D mapping, volume and MIP in that sagittal perspective is critical if you want to detect the presence of disease and this can be critical in 15 to 20 percent of cases of patient management hopefully that's helpful and with that i wish you a great day